Good morning. What a blessing it is to be standing before you to proclaim God's word. And speaking of God's word, if you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. This will close out our study in chapter 10, and it will prepare us for chapter 11, uh, where we will go through and look at uh, these glorious uh, truths about the testimony of the Old Testament saints who endured, who endured great trial and suffering and persevered in the faith, even though they did not know Christ like we know Christ. They persevered. And so the author is building up to that point, to build us up, to, to know that the Christian life is not a passive life. The Christian life is a race. The Christian life has been likened to a fight. It, it is active. We're to be doing and actively moving out, doing God's will where God has called us. It's movement forward, not back. It's movement forward, not just remaining where you are. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. Hear God's word. The, the, the writer of Hebrews writes, but recall, the former days, when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plunder of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. This is God's holy word. Remember, God's word is given to us so that we may grow and live a life of holiness. I'll be speaking on the topic here this morning. Don't cast away your confidence in Christ. Don't cast away your confidence in Christ. The two main points for the sermon will be uh, remember your past perseverance. Remember God's work in your life that enable you to continue to uh, persevere through struggles in the past. Remember that. 
And then we'll see that you are commanded not to cast away your confidence. Those are the two main points we'll be looking at here this morning. The this letter to the Hebrew Christians is a, I think, a, a, a inter, a interesting one. It's a model, I think, for preachers, for pastors, for elders, for all of us who in some way, shape, form, or fashion interact with other believers. It is a, a important letter. It's an instructive letter, a letter that that teaches us something about how it is that we're to relate to one another. And particularly, how are we to relate to one another when someone else is struggling? Where do we start? How do we, how do we move towards someone in a way that honors Jesus Christ? Well, in the letter of Hebrews, we've seen how did the writer start this letter? He didn't start with the problem. Many of us, when we deal with people, deal with other believers, we start with the problem first. How does the writer of Hebrews start? How does the apostle Paul start? Start with the doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. If, if, if someone is struggling, if someone is, 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 is dealing with a trial or a tribulation, the first place you need to go with them is to Christ. And what Christ has done and what Christ has done in you. There's a book that I have on my shelf for uh, biblical counselors. It's entitled Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand. And the subtitle is this. People in need of change, helping people in need of change. All of us are in need of change. And change in, in a sense in, in sanctification and in growing in the Christian life. All of us are in need of growing in, in the Christian life. And, 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 and Hebrews helps us to understand that for all of us, we start with Christ. We look to Christ. We offer admonishment. We've seen that with the, the writer of Hebrews. Then he sprinkled in again Christ. He, 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 he starts with Christ. He gives an, a, a warning, give warnings. Then he brings them back to Christ. He gives them encouragement. And guess what? He's going to take them back to Christ in, in Romans chapter 12. I mean, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Th this, is, this is how we're to move toward one another. Listen to what I'm saying. This is how we are to move. This is how we're to think about when we hear of a problem from, of a brother and sister Think Christ first before you move and deal with the problem. Amen. So, the, the, so as we we look at our passage here, we're going to get insight into these readers. We're going to get insight that we haven't uh, known before. We, we're going to see something about them and learn something about them that they were truly believers. And, and, and in order to encourage these readers. The, the, the writer of, of Hebrews, he's going to recall their past faithfulness in the face of suffering. How does he know about their past faithfulness and suffering? He knows them. He, he knows them personally. 
He's he's intimately acquainted with them. And we saw uh, as well that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's how we will know uh, that someone needs the, the truth about Christ is that we come alongside them and know their problems. So and, and know their Christian testimony. This author knows their, their testimony. So he recalls their faithfulness in the face of suffering. These believers, these Jewish believers, they suffer. Uh, they suffer because the world is 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 hostile toward Christianity. The, the world is hostile toward believers in the gospel. The, these Jewish believers, no doubt, face rejection from their unsaved family members, from their friends, from their neighbors, from their countrymen, and and and, and these Jewish believers were were perhaps being pressured to to continue to go to to go back to the old covenant to go back and do the old things that they used to do like us today we can be pressured to go back and live our old lives we can be we can be ridiculed because of the faith that we hold in Jesus Christ and it's in those times of discouragement that can cause us to want to drop out the Christian race the writer of Hebrews wants to encourage us and he encourages them and he wants to encourage us to persevere. To, to persevere with the same enthusiasm, with the same faith, with the, with the same confidence that you had when you started the Christian life. He, he wants them to, to persevere and to, to have confident faith in the future promises of God that they started the Christian walk with. And, and, and so to do this, he motivates them. He motivates them to continue to endure in the present by pointing them to the evidence of God's preserving grace in the past. So let's look at the text here this morning. We want to start out by focusing in on the fact that the author calls them to remember their past perseverance. Re remember you, you were enlightened. He says, look at verse number 32. And here the writer writes, but recall, notice the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. Notice that he starts here with, with but, but contrast. Uh, what uh, what he has just said, there were those who were neglecting to uh, assemble together with other believers. There were those who were giving in to deliberate sin. And so the writer here, he 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 uh, contrasts uh, these believers with these those who were unbelievers who were living lives that were not dependent upon the grace found in Jesus Christ. He says, but recall the former days. He says, look back at your life and look back at what God has already done. For those of you that has been uh, going through Psalm 71 on Wednesday night, is not the, 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 was, do, do you remember the psalmist? What is he, what is he doing? He, part of his, his, his prayer to God, he prays to God and, and reminds himself of who God is. And he looks to the past. 
and what God has done in his life. And that was motivation for him. He he remember how far he went back. He went all the way back to before his birth. And he said God was keeping him then. And he was praising and worshiping God for keeping him even when he was not able to keep himself in the womb. And he he remembered God's testimony of God's faithfulness in his life and to the people of God. He remembered that. And the writer is saying to these believers, recall the former days. Look back at your life. Look back at at what God has done. The psalmist in Psalm 77 verse 11 said the same thing. He said this. He said, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Remembering is a good thing. When that remembrance is of God and what he has done. This 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 writer says, but recall the former thing. Notice how he characterized them. These are these these are no doubt these are believers. Look look how he characterized. He said, but remember, but uh, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened. This is the the you here is plural. He's referring to this congregation of believers. He says, when after you. Were in light after you heard the gospel, after you were instructed, after you were intellectually convinced about the gospel, about Jesus Christ, you responded. What they knew about Christ, what they had learned about Christ, did something. It, 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 something happened in their lives. So, something happened in their lives. Notice what he goes on and says. He says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured. You you endured. And and what the writer is getting ready to point out is that when they started the Christian life, it wasn't easy. Matter of fact, he's not pointing to he's not going to point to the easy times that they were going through in the Christian life. He's going to point to the hard times. It, it, it is in the hard times where God builds our faith. He, he's going to point to the hard times. Look at what the look at what he says. He says, you endure. This is the you is plural again. The congregation, these believers. He said, you endure. This word endure means that 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 they remained under, that they stood firm in, that they did not give in, that they persevered in. What? A hard struggle or a great struggle. This this word struggle is a a term that could uh, refer to a military clash of of two warring armies coming together and clashing and 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 striving for victory. Or it could refer to uh, two wrestlers. Who, who are coming together and grappling and trying to, to pin the other down to win the mess. He, the, the writer here says that they went through a, a hard spiritual struggle, a great spiritual struggle. There were those who were opposing them, but they endured, the writer said. He said, you endured. 
The writer is setting us up for Hebrews chapter 12. Turn there for, for a quick sec. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verses 1 and 2. He's, 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 he's preparing us because this, this same idea of a, of a hard struggle, a, a, a hard and difficult challenge uh, uh, from outside of themselves. Look, look at what the writer says in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that's in chapter 11. He says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us and let us run with endurance the race, the, the agon, the, 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 the race, this, 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 this Christian race that involves suffering, that, that, that involves a great struggle. He says, let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. There's a race that is set before all of us, and we're all to be running, not on the sidelines. He says, uh, let the let run the race that is set before us. How? What is the motivation? Verse 2: looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him endured. You see what the writer is getting us ready for? I can't wait to get to this passage. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. We're going to see that these believers were ridiculed for their faith. But the writer is pointing them to Christ. Who endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He says in verse 3, consider him again who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Why consider Christ? Verse 3, he goes on and says, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. He says, these believers here, if you look closely, they, they, their lives look like the life of Christ. They're imitating Christ. He said they endured a, back in Hebrews chapter 10, he said they endured a hard struggle with suffering. This, this, they, they, there's a hard, difficult challenge. There, there's a clash of perhaps with, with unbelievers that they're dealing with. And so not only are they dealing with that class with, with those who are unbelievers, the writer says, along with that, they have suffering. Do you see that? A hard struggle with suffering. They had an own, ongoing struggle. A, a, a challenge of own upon top of challenge in their lives. Don't, don't miss what the writer is pointing out here. That, that these, these believers had confessed Christ publicly. 
They had confessed faith in Christ publicly. And now they're suffering for it. They're, they're suffering resistance. They're suffering opposition. And yet the writer says they endured. Yet they endured a hard struggle with suffering. They, they, they're on the front lines. They're drawing fire from the enemy. They're, they're drawing fire from the enemy. And instead of turning tail and running, they're pressing. They endure. <laughs> they didn't make excuses. What they were going through did not deter them from patiently, uh, patiently enduring the consequences of following Jesus Christ. Verse 33. So they endured a hard struggle. Verse 32, with suffering. A great struggle. Verse 33, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach. This is, they were exposed to verbal abuse. They, they were exposed to, to ridicule. And remember, these are Jewish believers. They were being ridiculed for converting to Christianity. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Affliction is, a, is, is physical abuse. So they were receiving verbal abuse, physical abuse, they were being insulted. They were being made a spectacle of. They were being put to public shame for what they confessed about Christ. And not only that, the writer goes on and says, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. These believers, they, they show love and, and courage by sharing in the suffering of, of others. For Christ, they willingly, they willingly identify with other people who were suffering. They were suffering. They identified with those who they, they, they came alongside with. They, they came along, they partnered with, in a sense, those who were suffering. And, 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 and again, this points to the, the importance of the, the local assembly. You can't come alongside someone if first you're not meeting together with them. You cannot come alongside someone in their suffering if you don't know what their suffering is. Th these believers are they have the mind of Christ who identified with us. Christ came from heaven, came to earth to identify with us, to sympathize with us. That's what the writer of Hebrews already said. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Turn back to chapter 2, verse 14. We've already read this. It says, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, 
Christ, Jesus Christ, he himself likewise partook in the, of the same things, flesh and blood. And through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Turn over to turn forward to chapter four, verse 15. In fact, I go, go, go up to verse 14, Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 and 15. The writer says, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus. All right, identifies him again. Christ saturated letter. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable. That means that he is able. We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Are you weak? Jesus can sympathize. He sympathized with you. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Turn to Philippians just to, to show you this outside of Hebrews. Philippians chapter 2. Now, in fact, let's look at uh, chapter chapter one. Go back to chapter one, chapter one, verse three. We're familiar with this as well. We've gone through Philippians. Philippians chapter one, verse three. And this is the Apostle Paul writing from uh, in, being in prison. He, he's he's in prison. He's chained to to uh, to Praetorian guards on a daily basis. He's chained to the guards, and 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 yet he's thinking about other people. He's thinking about other believers, and we know that Paul uh, is is he he is filled with joy even in his imprisonment. Notice what well, he he's thinking about other people. Look look what he look what he does in, in verse number three. He says, "I thank my God." In all my remembrance of you, he 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 remembers something that he has learned about these Philippian believers. He says, uh, "I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always, in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now." And he says to encourage them, I'm not sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And he says, verse seven, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are partakers. There it is. That, that, there's another word, partner, partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he, 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 he lived a life of glorifying to, that was glorifying to Christ by, by loving other believers, by, by wanting to be involved, by wanting to know, to, to know them. 
These believers are displaying the same attitude and the same mind that the Apostle Paul displayed. And what was this mind that the Apostle Paul displayed? It was the mind of Christ. It, it, was, it was the same mind that Christ had. In chapter 2, verse 5, Paul commands these believers. He's setting it, he's leading by example. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5, he says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And what is the mind of Christ? It's a mind that was a mind of humility. He says, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Who are we talking about? Christ, God, the son of God. And how did he humble himself? Notice what he goes on. He says, he, he, he says, but empty himself. He and taking the form of a servant. The God man, the Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven. To identify with us, he didn't come at, uh, as, as a king. He came as a servant. Empty himself. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in a human form, he humbled himself. There it is. By becoming obedient to the point of the cross, even death on the cross. Back to Hebrews chapter 10. He says these these readers, they 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 were being publicly exposed to reproach like Christ. They were being exposed to affliction like Christ. They were partnering with those who were, were suffering like Christ. They showed compassion to others like Christ. Look at verse number 34. For you had compassion on those in prison. They, they rallied instead of abandoning. They rallied around those who were in prison. They showed love and compassion. And this would be mentioned again in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, the writer says this. Remember those who are in prison. And though in prison with them. So this he said, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. What body? The body of Christ. They're in the body of Christ. Doesn't matter where they are. Identify with them. Don't abandon them. And this is the thing about this, this forsaking the assembling of your You know, people, they go and they argue over semantics. Face what the text says. If you fail to assemble, if you intentionally fail to assemble together with your brothers and sisters, you're abandoning them. That Not these believers. They, they had all kind of things going on in their lives. And they are identifying with those who are suffering no matter where they are. Think back to the Apostle Paul again. He's in prison and he's thanking God because they partnered with him. 
in the gospel ministry. They part, they were partaking of the same grace that the apostle Paul was taking, uh, partaking of. We, 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 let me, let me tell you something. Why is that important? We believe in the sovereignty of God, don't we? So if someone is suffering, if someone is going through suffering, we who believe in the sovereignty of God believe that God sovereignly has brought that suffering about. If they're in need, God has, has sovereignly brought that need about. Why? So that we can get involved. Don't play with the sovereignty of God like you believe in the sovereignty of God and you don't serve your brother and sister. All suffering, if God is glorifying himself in all things, then all suffering is designed to glorify God. And we must see suffering of other believers as, as an opportunity to show our confidence in Christ, to, to, to show that Christ's salvation is sufficient because it has changed us. Later, the, the writer is going to talk about walking, uh, living in faith, letting your life be a life of faith. A life of faith is a life that, it, that, that is involved. It, it is a life that is not passive. It is a life that is not on the sidelines. God, God has, he sends suffering. God Sovereign God, we're reformed folks. We believe this. God is is sovereign over suffering. God sends suffering in the lives of others in order to give us an opportunity to minister to one another. Don't worry about what somebody else is not doing. This is a requirement to you. Richard Phillips, he observed, listen to him, he says, quote, this passage reminds us that these are the occasions that make us rise up in our faith and character. It is when uh, it, it is when uh, supports are stripped away, things that he's talking about, things that 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 we look to su that support us. He said, when, it's when those things are stripped away that we find out what our faith really is made of. And he says, in this sense, we should view trials as opportunities to glorify the Lord as positive challenges to bring out and display our faith in God, end quote. So these believers, they took advantage of the opportunity that God had presented them in this, uh, uh, through the suffering of others. They showed compassion to others. And, they, and they, they, they were doing it with joy. Notice the attitude with which they responded to their property being plundered. He says, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. They, they responded with joy. And, and, and this joy here, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 
verses 18 through 22, joy is the fruit of being led by the Holy Spirit. So he said, their property is being plundered. And they joyfully accepted it. These are spiritual minded believers. They, they didn't cherish their belongings. They didn't protect their belongings. And Jesus taught us the same thing in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Jesus taught, he said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupts, where thieves do not break in and steal. Ain't nobody going to break in heaven. Ain't nobody powerful. Nobody can, 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 can overtake God to take the blessings we have in heaven. So that should be our focus. Jesus is teaching. He says, lay our treasures in, in heaven. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our Lord teaches. And so they accepted the plundering of, of their property, they accepted it joyfully. And they were they and why is it? How, how did they do that? Because they they realized that they that there was uh, a, a something that that was better. <laughs> they had a better possession. And an abiding one, he says. They knew this. He says, since yourselves, he says, since you knew, right, pointing back to their past, they were intimately acquainted with the fact that, he said, the writer says that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. This, this heavenly perspective is, is a work of, of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of God's persevering grace in our lives. And again, this is preparing us for chapter 11. Chapter 11, where we see uh, 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 chapter 11, verse 10. <clears throat> we see Abraham, it says, for he, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He, he, he lived in such a way that his concern was not the here and now, but the beyond. What 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 is going? What, what, what he was concerned about the heavenly city, the the, the this this lasting possession. Uh, verse sixteen of Hebrews chapter eleven said, "But as it, it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city." And that is true for us too, beloved. The, the, the difficulties, the challenges, and, and, and if we are, if someone comes in and take our property, we have a greater reward in heaven. In heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We await a savior from heaven. There's going to be uh, no, no pain and suffering in heaven. And that's where we're, we're going, beloved. These believers, they understood that they knew this and they lived 
uh, this life lightly clinging to the things of this world because their focus was heaven. And so the point that the writer is making, he, he, he is making he, that he said, you've endured. Can, can we say that? We, we can say that, right? These believers, they endured in the past. This is, this is a past. They endured in the past. And he's saying, look, if you did it back then, you can do it now. If you, if you went through all of that back then for Christ, you can do it now. Don't give up. That, that, this, is, this is what he's getting at. Don't give up. Don't, don't give up when it's hard to be a Christian now if you didn't give up when it was hard to be a Christian back then. You didn't quit. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel when the, when the pressure was intense, when the struggle was hard. You didn't give up back then. Don't give up. Now you see, that's why we need to come alongside one another. To say you can do it. I'm talking about offering real comfort in Christ. God has kept you. God enabled you to go through what you went through back then. He can do it now. Don't give up. So what experiences? From your past. That you know that it was God. You know that it was God who brought you through. You know that it was God who gave, who gave you the strength and the endurance. You knew it was God and his grace that gave you comfort. You know that. Allow those things to, to continue to push you forward. To believe, continue to believe in Christ and the love of the believers. Are, th are there things happening in your life right now? Are, are, are things that, that are happening in your life right now that require you to remember God's blessing in the past? That, that, that keep, you know, that's why it's good to keep a journal. It's good to keep a, a journal and, 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 and a journal where you you write down the things that God has done in your life so that you can look back in that and say, if God did it then, he can do it now. God has enabled uh, people to re to recover from from cancer. Have he not? God has enabled People who who went through surgery and they recovered fully from surgery. Has he not? People have been struck with COVID and recovered. People have been struck with sickness and, and have recovered. People have gone through an, an, a great trial spiritually and, and God saw them through with the comfort and strength that they needed to get through it. The writer saying, if God did it then, he can do it now. Don't go to the sidelines. And I'm going to close here. Don't go to the sidelines. 
Don't throw in the towel. Don't shrink back, he's going to say. Don't shrink back. And that word shrink is like a, a, a it is used of, of a ship who, that, it, that has set out for, for a journey on the sea. And, and, and on that journey, that ship encounters wind, difficult winds, and the waves began to, to rock the ship, and, and the sailors pull the sails down because they don't want the ship to be tossed and, and to rock. They don't want to experience the discomfort of a ship being tossed by which so they pull the sails down. And, and, the, and the writer is saying, don't be like those sailors in your trials. Don't shrink back. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop going to Bible study. Don't stop going to prayer. Don't stop praying for others. Continue to live a life of faith. God, God has given us this passage of Scripture to show us it was the Holy Spirit who inspired the writer of Hebrews to write these things down. And he has given us a testimony of these people who were going through difficult circumstances. And what does that tell us? God knows what you're going through. And God, God in his in, in his sovereign providence allowed these believers and their testimony and their difficulties and their challenges and their suffering to be put on the pages of scripture to encourage us. God, God understands, he knows. He, 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 he knows and he says, press on. Don't give up, press on. Amen. We'll get, we'll get to the rest of this, Lord willing, next Sunday. Let, let us close in prayer. Father, you have told us in your word that the things that has happened in the past in the lives of the Old, uh, Old Testament saints and in the lives of those who are in the New Testament as well. Those things have happened in their, in their lives even though it wasn't easy for them, even though some of them perhaps died for the faith, for their faith in Christ, you have given us their testimony to encourage us in our hard struggle, in our great struggle with suffering in the Christian life. And Father, you have done that because you care for us. You said, uh, through Peter, cast all your burdens, uh, that we're to cast all our burdens upon you because you care for us. Paul says you're the God of all comfort. That, that again points to the fact that you care for us, that you desire that we remain steadfast and spiritually strong. 
we we see this in the fact that you have given us one another you you have given us uh who uh, those who who uh in, in a in a physical sense who who have made a choice to come together and and to uh worship you and to serve one another in this local gathering you have given us one another. We made the choice to call sovereign grace our church home because of your sovereign providence. And through our suffering, through our difficulties, you 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 is is giving us you you are giving us an opportunity to serve one another. It's not going to be easy. It, it's going to be tough. And it is tough. But this is the blessing that you have given. You have, you have blessed us with one, one another. You have blessed us with Christ, who we are in union with. And where we receive the grace and the mercy that we need. Where we receive the, the, the we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us who, who gives us the, the spiritual strength from your word that we need. And so, Father, we, I pray that you would in, help us and enable us to, to be a testimony. So when people walk in this church, they will see God's people at work. That they would come to know what it is. They would come to know your love and what it looks like and what it is by the way we serve one another and the way we serve them. That they will, that they will leave this church filled with joy because you have worked through us. And how beautiful of a picture that is in my mind's eye to see the people of God doing the work that you have called us to do. Taking the initiative, not waiting on the sidelines to be told what to do, but to do it. Because Christ took the initiative. And that same grace that we need to take the initiative, Christ has given it to, to us. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Enable us to glorify Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.